Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for joining. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I am in your fandom. You guys, it is Halloween weekend. I'm going to need y'all to be safe out there while you're thotting and bopping in your sexy Halloween costumes. But more than that, I'm going to just need you guys to have the most fun weekends of your lives. Use this podcast as a pregame for the fun weekend you're about to have. You can eat as much candy as you want. Calories don't count this weekend. You can get as blackout drunk as you want. Your friends will take care of you. Just do not stress this weekend and have the best time of your life. I support you in your binge drinking and binge eating of candy. Me, though, like, I swear, chocolate gives me acne. I have been indulging in Halloween candy this whole month basically because you know it's on sale in the masses in target the food industry is trying to feed us all this sugary evil food i've been eating candy so much i'm getting acne that's scarier than any horror movie i've seen this month it's getting too real at this point but to be honest i'm still gonna indulge this weekend and then me and my dermatologist will pray for forgiveness afterwards also i just tried that thing where you put jello powder on grapes And then you put them in the freezer and they're just supposed to taste yummy and delicious and like little candies. Honestly, they did. They were very, very good. Very sweet grapes. I enjoy them. I don't always like chewing the skin on them. I don't know if that's weird, but this really upped the grape game. And if you you use low fat, zero sugar jello powder, it's literally like a healthy snack. So try that out. I definitely condone it. I saw a TikToker who normally posts thirst traps take a break from thirst trapping to post that and 10 out of 10, you should try it. I'm going out tomorrow for my first little Halloween excursion and I have no costume. I'm always so unprepared when it comes to Halloween. I fantasize about it and I overhype it in my head. I'm going to have this amazing, elaborate, expensive costume and then I realize it'll cost me $500 and I never have anything prepared. I got little face makeup crayons from Target. I'm going to try to paint something cute on my face so it looks like I at least put in some effort to the festivities i'm going to like straight bars tomorrow though so who really gives a shit i'm assuming the costumes are not going to be slay and i'll probably get triggered and leave it'll be scarier than anything else you could see on halloween but anyway i'm excited for this weekend but let's get into some of the drama that's been going on all this week and it's insane first we're going to talk about the major return to music of rihanna and charlie d'amelio put out a song it's very confusing we're going to talk about both of them We're going to talk about the major rumor that Timothy Chalamet spread chlamydia to the whole student population at (laughs) New York University. It's crazy. And then we're going to talk about some other celebrity STD stories and the wildness that all that has to offer. We're going to do some follow-ups on some exciting stories that we talked about in the past, like James Corden being 86th from a restaurant because he's the most awful person on the planet. Elon Musk finally buying Twitter And Lily Reinhart saying why she will no longer be invited back to the Met Gala 
or at least why she doesn't think she will. And of course, the dictator that everyone is talking about, Kanye West. It's going to be a crazy episode, but before we get into it, make sure to rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're already here. You may as well do so. Leave a cute little review. Screenshot yourself listening to it and post it to your Instagram story and tag me to help the podcast get spread around. We don't have big companies doing that for us, and I would appreciate it so much. I'll hit you up in your DMs. And without further ado, class, get in your suits. Class is in session. Because she's so perfect, no flaws on the surface. I don't think that I stand a chance. And she's so fucking lucky, cause all I've been wanting is you to be holding my hand. But it feels like forever from minutes to seconds to hours, been waiting for you. But she loves you too. That was Charlie D'Amelio's new song that I just played. I don't really like it. I'm sorry, Charlie. I don't dislike the D'Amelios as girls. They seem like nice gals. But to me, they just do not need to sing. It's giving like it's 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 giving like this isn't our passion. We we are just doing this to avoid having real jobs one day and lurching towards anything that can make us mass amounts of money. Even in their show, it didn't seem like singing was Charlie's passion at all. She kind of just said it's something that I have fun doing on the side and it's like a slight hobby of mine. Not everyone needs to sing, girl. It's not just something that you can like hop into. People who have passion for art and creating these masterpiece lyrics and stories like Taylor Swift, her singing voice isn't the most astronomically amazing. But the way Taylor Swift's she lives, sleep, eats, breathes, and dies, her craft. And it seems like these TikTokers who want to make music just don't get it sometimes. And they think that they can just get away with, I think, putting out something like that. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm really trying to resist the urge to hate. But I don't think it's a good song. I think if you're a lackluster singer, you have to bring something really dramatic and skilled and like skillfully crafted to your songwriting and I have never heard Charlie D'Amelio say one interesting thing in her life. So I just don't think that's going to work for her. And did you see Noah Beck like expose their whole show for being fake this week on TikTok? Stacey and I, you know, obviously we were pitched from the producers what to talk about. This is how these shows go. That's why I was telling, we were talking before you got here about n- Filming a reality show, mm-hmm. and I'm sure with the Hype House as well, like filming yeah. all that, and then also doing like the Sway show. Like, you realize when you watch like reality shows now, you watch it in such a different way. It's like, yeah. you almost are like, I wonder what really happened. Yeah. So it makes it like, in that moment, it could be something so, like, I, w- I w- was so careful yeah. on that show because I don't want to be pinned as like, you know, any, any way that I wasn't. Like, I just wanted yeah. to be myself, and I was just like, okay. So I came on and I was like said all those things and like was, you know, yeah, going with it. And then something that I would say in a confessional that was like totally fitting could be used in a sense, like in a different aspect. They can rearrange the like, timeline. They can rearrange it, and it's, it could be seen as like inappropriate or honestly even just like disrespectful to be putting it in there. And it's like, why would he like be laughing at that? And it's like, I I wasn't like that was something completely different. It's reality TV. Like, they're not going to put in my explanation. They're just going to be like, oh, we can catch him here. You know, like maybe. And so 
they'll do anything to make it's, the story juicy. Exactly. It's, and I like, I All laughed, right. and then they cut to a scene of me being like, I was like, bro, I didn't do that. Like, I literally... I don't know, with the whole D'Amelio's, it all just seems very not authentic, not, it's it, it's not giving this is what we're meant to do. You know, in the entertainment industry, I believe in the conspiracy that they were just pushed by TikTok to be the nice little cute agreeable faces of TikTok so they don't get problematic people to represent them like other apps like Vine or YouTube have. And I don't know, I just, I do like the D'Amelio's. I think they're really sweeties. Nothing bad should happen to them. But it's just not giving that they have what it takes to have longevity in this field. And I don't see them having that. I see them being like a little part of like social media memories, like how Cameron Dallas is to Vine. Sure, he's still a little known now, but not nearly when he started off. He kind of just fell off as the years go by. I think that's going to be them in the graveyard or so of social media careers it just doesn't seem like it's their passion i'm sorry d'amelios but honestly the lesson here is to not listen to haters like me if you really are pursuing your passion and you don't have the most god-given talent or whatever fuck what people say fuck genetics or whatever talent you were not born with keep going after your passion who gives a shit because at the end of the day if people are streaming like they are charlie's song people are supporting you something is working even if people are saying that it's not so fuck haters like me Keep going after your dream, TikTok Charlie. Timothy Chalamet may look like an innocent little fairy boy, but he is not that innocent because I don't know if you know this, but there's a crazy conspiracy theory that the Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name and Dune, Oscar nominated actor, spread the STD of chlamydia around the whole New York University student population when he used to go there. And I've recently seen a resurgence of this topic online. Is it true or is it not? And I talked about it on my TikTok and people were eating that shit up. So I thought this is a topic that's too juicy not to go in more detail on on the podcast. So why not just do it now? Well, it's on the tip of people's tongue. So if you don't know, pale golden little Timothy with an accent over the first E because he's bougie like that, because he's better than us like that. He, am I pronouncing his name right with that accent? Timothy? Timothy? Someone needs to explain that. Anyway, he used to be a student at NYU from 2015 to 2016. Only one one year. He was only there for one year, but he was very, he got very comfortable when he was there and very well acquainted with all the women. You know women like little Twinkie looking boys. And you know what they say about skinny boys? Big hearts. That's what they say. Anyway, he got around town. He was on Hinge, Tinder, Bumble. He 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 was a busy busy boy. But we don't whore shame. We support the whores. I go like I don't support a group of people more than I support the whores. So don't think I'm whore shame shaming right now. But the rumor goes that Timothy Chalamet, while he was on his hookup extravaganza, he unknowingly had chlamydia. And by the time he was tested, he gave it to many. And this basically started online before he was famous. He was This was a big rumor in the New York area because there was an outbreak of chlamydia that year in like 2016, 2017. And... People were suspecting it was from him. And there's actually a Snapchat of Timothy's face. Like, it's not edited. It looks like it was taken in 2016. A Snapchat of Timothy Chalamet's face 
that says, no, I do not have chlamydia. Who told you that? As if he was like worried that the rumor was getting around. And then there were crazy tweets. It was virally spreading in 2018 once he became famous. And his team tried to wipe it from the internet. I had to like deep dive to find all these things. But this tweet with almost 200,000 likes said, the whole Timothy Chalamet spread chlamydia at NYU thing is crazy because it actually happened. He fucked like a rabbit. Oh my God. Really exposing him right there. Too many people I know can attest to knowing someone who knows someone that got chlamydia from Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Chalamet. And that sends me. So he wanted this rumors to die, but people on TikTok are keeping that rumor alive and not letting him get away with this super spreader of chlamydia act uh, behavior that he's on it is very much so true and i know it because a co-worker used to go to nyu around the same time that he did and uh, i was just, we weren't really friends we were just co-workers all of a sudden next thing i know we were just talking and talking i was like oh you went to nyu that's pretty cool and then i went out for my break and like she popped in she's like oh and those rumors about timothy they were true and i was like at the time i had no idea who he was and i was like well i knew who told you it was fake it literally it happened it happened. He was a walking biohazard at NYU. Let's just get one thing straight. I don't give a single fuck if Timothy Chalamet has or had chlamydia. <laughs> we could share it. We could pass it back and forth. We could make a date night out of going to the clinic. I don't know, maybe hold hands while we're picking up our antibiotics. Now, obviously, some people don't like to outwardly tweet or put on TikTok that they know someone with an STD or they got an STD. So there's actually a lot of outlets like websites and blogs and everything like that that were getting anonymous sources from nyu saying that they're a girl there who apparently was in the same body pool as timothy chalamet and he was like patient zero that spread it there so a source who attended nyu at the time chalamet was there told mal magazine that the rumor began in fall 2017 when timothy was still just another kid there the chlamydia story was like any other campus dating rumor and it was completely true so here are all the tweets kind of from literal students at the university who are co-signing this this person said a mutual friend of mine got chlamydia from timothy chalamet please pass it on someone else said i'll never forget that one time we were at a party in austin and this girl said that timothy chalamet gave her chlamydia and she was from nyu someone else said lmao one of the boys I used to work with's girlfriend went to NYU and he knows more than a couple people that got chlamydia from Timothy Chalamet. This person said, are you even studying theater if you don't have a friend of a friend of a friend who got chlamydia from Timothy Chalamet at NYU? And you know how the theater kids are. They're very comfortable with themselves after performing on stage and putting themselves out there like that. So I think that just comes along with being comfortable with your naked body. Being on stage is like very like vulnerable like that. So... It actually makes sense that theater kids who bond so much doing those goofy actions in front of each other would be very sexually active. So this does not surprise me at all. And now the thing is, this thing is just a whole meme and major conspiracy. I thought I would just share it with you guys right now. And you've probably seen the major jokes about it before. So if you bang Timothy Chalamet, you will get some clout, but you'll also get the clap. But here are some funny tweets about it because this is like another one of those Leah Michelle can't read type rumors that people just love joking about it, even if they don't know if it's real or not. Um, this has 10,000 likes. This person said, getting chlamydia to stand in solidarity with Timothy Chalamet. 
Wish he'd give it to me, but we can't always get what we want. This person says, all Timothy Chalamet does is be skinny, have chlamydia, and lie. Oh, to be one of the girls Timothy Chalamet gave chlamydia. The only person allowed to give me chlamydia is Timothy Chalamet. Obviously, in Utah, everyone has a story about Ted Bundy killing or almost killing them. Or someone they know. Well, in New York, everyone has a story about Timothy Chalamet giving them or someone they know chlamydia. I think it's just so beautiful. Not them comparing Timothy Chalamet to Ted Bundy. Every month, it feels like a new friend of a friend joins the Timothy Chalamet chlamydia extended universe. (laughs) This is my favorite conspiracy theory, and I don't care who you are. You're not giving me chlamydia. Yes, it could be fun and exciting, but even like a, a corn star who I think is so hot or an actor, like if you give me chlamydia, I'm going homicidal on your ass. I, I'll understand if you if if you don't know or, you know, it was an accident. But if you know and you did that to me, you may as well have stabbed me in the face. And we are lawyering up, suing your ass for $100 million like Black China did. It is going down. And I don't care who you are or how hot you are. I don't need my crotch to be that hot. You know what I'm saying? So what can we learn from this? When having sex with anyone other than your committed partner that you have taken the condom leap from with wear a condom or use protection or get prep or do it all doctors will tell you the literal life-saving importance of safe sex and i feel like it's almost this thing that people are just like too cool to do but especially being in the gay community i am so adamant about all of it even before i think to hit someone up or take them home. I'm tested. I'm doing a deep Google search of them on the dark web and pulling up all their information files to see if they're liars. I'm just so protective of my own house. So get tested regularly. It's super easy. Some people just don't know, you know, or they lie. If you're Shia LaBeouf, you lie and then that's a crime. So if someone does that to you, that's very fucked up and you can sue them. Some people, you, some people just don't know or they don't get tested. We don't STD shame. Just to just to be clear, we do not STD shame, but we do try to keep our health safe and keep others safe. If someone accidentally got one, oh my God, girl, I am there to support you. Let me let me drive you down to that to that doctor's office. I will rub the ointment on there for you. But we just try to keep others safe. And the biggest thing we can learn is like this is such a common thing that everyone is some reason too shy to say if you're with someone and they're like oh i don't want to wear condom i think this is more of like something that a straight girl deals with or anyone who fucks with straight men they're like oh no i don't want to wear one like i don't have one i don't care it feels better i'm not doing that shit my d is too big like then bye don't be afraid to ask them or tell them the only way this is happening is if you do that and every time i do that not that i do that a lot like i'm not like out there like that but I just see like the immense respect. Like they're like, oh, like he's not playing around. Let me do this because he cares. So they will respect you more for saying that. And if they still won't buy, it's not worth it at all. Let me tell you like a horror story of my own STD experience. It's not from Timothy Chalamet. I wish. No, just kidding. I don't wish. But this was like last year. At the I o- I also only went to college for one year at a university, but I was not. Uh, um, on the projection that Timothy was with his hooking up rate. 
But there's this one man, let's call him Zach. That's not his real name. Zach was great. Zach was sweet. Me and Zach hung out a few times. And then I have this other friend. Let's call him Cody. Cody was like genuinely my friend. Nothing more between us like that. And me and Cody both knew Zach. I was talking to Zach unknowing that Zach was also talking to Cody. So I go to Zach's house three times and probably on the fourth time we hook up. It goes great. Dandy loves it. A good time was had by all. We have some laughs afterwards, do a fist bump, dab each other up. (laughs) And I go, because I have a Halloween party to get to, or I think it was around Halloween time last year. Oh, wow. I have PTSD now knowing that this was about a year ago. I get to my Halloween party and wait, do you know why I hooked up with Zach? He made me the most amazing donuts that day. And I know how into me he was. And let me tell you, those donuts were the best. He, He was like pizza malark. From Hunger Games, baking up bread. He had gallons of dough in his in his apartment. He made me the best homemade donuts. My stomach had an orgasm. So I was like, you know what? Let me make him have... Never mind. Anyway, I get home to my apartment. Cody's there. The party's already going on. I say, hey, Cody, what's up? He goes, oh, nothing. Like, just having, you know, drinking with my friends and then... He's kind of talking about his day and he says, oh, I had a threesome last night. I was like, oh my God, so fun. And he, and I go with who? And he says some other guy's name. And then he says, and Zach. And I go, what? I go, me and Zach just hooked up three hours ago. So in the span of 12 hours, Zach, who I thought we were just like in a talking stage, also just had a threesome with my friend and he didn't even let me know. Like he plays housewife, makes me these donuts Make me feel like he's the only one I'm talking to. And then I get home and find out he just had a threesome with Cody. Anyway, a week later, I was like so floored. Of course, I brought it up to Zach. I go, what the actual fuck? You you know me and Cody are best friends. You're not going to say that? What the hell? I should have known. I should have fucking known with these promiscuous gays. But whatever. The next week, I see some, like, red bumps down there, and I go, oh, my God. It could really only be, like, one or two people. So I I hit up Zach, and I say, hey, like, is anything, do you have any symptoms, something going on with you? He sends me a message about having syphilis a month before we hooked up, but he got it cleared, allegedly. Let me see if I still have this message. It might be the most insane message of my life. Oh, my God, I have it. Oh my God. Okay. 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 He said, so a month ago I tested positive for the very early stages of syphilis and they treated it with two very painful shots of penicillin. LOL. I've been back since and being treated. And the doctor told me that it's just a leftover from that infection. She also said that since I was treated, I wouldn't, I would have only been contagious if that bump was openly weeping or open, but since it isn't, I'm good. The syphilis canker would almost look like a wart. That's how I knew to get tested over break. It was getting bad and bulging. Did that happen for you? And mine were not like that. Like they didn't have a mound or anything. So I hit up Cody and I go, oh my God, like Zach just told me this. Do you have anything? He was like, I feel itchy, I guess. So we both drive to the university doctor together. So embarrassing now. 
for me, like my ego was the one hurt, if anything. And we both get there. The doctors definitely knew what was going on there when we both suspiciously need to get tested. And we get our results back and we're both fine. We did not have it. But that was just such a scarring experience in my life. And it could have gone so much worse. But I still, even though me and Zach were not exclusive, it's just like, wow. When you're in that talking stage, you never fucking know. that. That's why it's so important to just be safe and everything like that. Me, me and Zach didn't do the whole shush where we needed to like be covered up you know what i'm saying still because you never know one of your best friends could have had a threesome with the guy you hooked up with last night and you literally wouldn't know uh the gag in our faces at the halloween party when i yell i just hooked up with him everyone was laughing their asses off i was like of course it's us of course it's happening to me right now anyway let's just talk about some other celebrities prominent figures respectable people that well not all of these people are respectable who have had stds just to show how common and real it is President John F. Kennedy, you know, the one who killed Marilyn Monroe and then was assassinated. He was the 35th president, if you did not know, and the second youngest president elected. A lot of people think he's super hot. Apparently, Marilyn Monroe did, too. But his childhood medical records show that he contracted a sexually transmitted disease as a teenager being the fuckboy that he is. And then it was one of the ones that you can get treated, so it did not carry on with him to his adult fuckman life. But he is confirmed, his medical reports, JFK did have an STD. Michael Jackson, he was sued for $10 million. Literally, someone yanked out a lawsuit because they said, you're not going to give me the clap and not think I'm not going to clap back. $10 $10 million lawsuit for giving it to a woman. You know, that's good. He gave it to a grown person. Um, but yeah, he eventually settled out of court. I would not be surprised that that happened. It was reported in like respectable articles. The next person, Kanye West idol, Hitler, he, uh, this is what I read. He had an encounter with a Jewish prostitute in Vienna in 1908 that may have given him syphilis because on his medical records, he did have that. Is that the origin story there? Is that what happened? If only he died from it, that would have been amazing. Someone else, Al Capone, famous mobster. He was actually died from an advanced form of syphilis. He couldn't shoot up the street anymore. Poor guy. Someone else that you guys may know, a famous internet personality, uncancelable troll, Trisha Paytas. Her story is actually, this is like one of the only inspiring things about Trisha Paytas. She's one of those people who, she's so offensive and blatantly problematic for the sake of gaining followers. She does not have consideration or respect for other communities. She simply wants to get attention by any means necessary, even if it means disrespecting, um, insulting people with mental health issues the trans community, Jewish people, the list goes on and on and on. An awful person. And I stand by that, even though she can be entertaining from time to time. Trash human. She got double chlamydia in her life. She got chlamydia two separate times. And when that happens to a woman, apparently it could lead to something called pelvis inflammatory disease, PID. And 
could lead to too much scar tissue to be able to conceive a child. So her whole life, because, you know, Trisha used to run around the sugar daddy websites, be in those escort streets trying to make her bag anyway she could. That's totally fine. We respect that. We love sex workers. But she said in one of her videos one time, she was just too afraid to ask guys to wear condoms because she felt like since it was like part of her job to hook up, she wasn't allowed to say that. And she, I guess, was just too nervous to. And that really does make me sad for her. I feel for her so much in this story. It does have a happy ending, though, even though those horrible men she was doing that with deceived her and knowingly gave her that. She was, at the end of the day, even though she had a 0.0001 chance of being able to conceive, she recently did get pregnant and have a child. I'm so happy for her. Hopefully that will calm her down, make her a better person, and lower her need for attention-seeking because she'll find happiness from somewhere else. I think this kid can make her a really mm, a lot better of a person, and she really needs that. But this is her kind of sharing her story back in the day when she thought she could not conceive and I just thought it was interesting. So I went to my um, gynecologist and this was not the first STD I've gotten but it was the first time I've gotten chlamydia which was really scary to me. I don't know why this was so scary to me because chlamydia you can take a pill and get rid of it. So I went back and I found out I had chlamydia about six months later and so I was like wow okay this sucks and okay 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 it sucks give me the pill i'll just take it again but with my pid the chances of having children are basically zero to none i mean there's like a point zero 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 one percent chance that i would have kids but i'll just tell you guys now like i, I just i know that it, it's not in the cards for me and i prayed on it i pray on it a lot because when i found that out and they told me that it's just a mess basically i've damaged damaged ovaries i guess you could say where it's just it's not it's just not, it's not going to happen. But let me tell you, 20 minutes of pleasure um, is not worth not having kids. Speaking of people having babies, babies having babies, did you guys see that? Sophia Grace, the little British girl who sang Super Bass with Nicki Minaj on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I mean, you're so shy and a mummy is high, like sicker than a guy with a fig in his eye. Yes, I did, yes, I did. Somebody piece of the eyes. With her sister, like the two little singing Brit girls. That's just what I think of them in my head. She is only 19 and she's pregnant. Can you fucking believe that? That is making me feel so fucking old. I feel geriatric. I don't want to admit that I'm old already. I'm only 22 and I'm starting to feel just with all the pop culture figures I've grown up with, like getting so old and moving on to next parts of their lives. I feel so old, but she is quite young to have a child. Twitter was just very taken back by this and maybe telling her that it is a little too young. Some people were saying that they were worried for her. But this is what Sophia Grace had to say. I feel like 19 is quite young, obviously, to have a baby. Usually most people are like, you should have babies when you're 30 and you're married and you live in your own house, which is completely fine. But obviously everyone is going to have their different opinions. And she feels very confident in her ability. And she said, yeah, I would be able to figure it out maybe faster when I was 30, but I'm going to figure it out anyway and I'll be fine. Good for her. I love her confidence going into motherhood like that. And just because the new norm is having kids later in life doesn't mean she can't have them younger or do what's considered like the old norm back in the 1950s or whatever that when they would have kids when they were like super fucking young. 
I support her. Me personally, I could not have a baby. I am a baby. I don't even know how to take care of myself. I'm so busy. I am in my selfish era. I truly don't see myself having more than five minutes for that kid. I would be on my phone and forget it in the car when I go into Starbucks or go into Target. Or I'd forget it on the top of the car. Did you guys see that TikTok of the girl playing heads up? And (laughs) it's the word on her phone is pregnancy test and her friends are trying to get her to guess the word and they say, oh, it's what you do when you're having a baby or when you think you're having a baby. And she just yells, abortion. They're like, no, no, no. And she's like, plan B. They're like, no, no, that's that's not it. That would be me. I'm 22, so I survived teen pregnancy and I'm grateful. There was never a risk that I would not have survived teen pregnancy, obviously, but... I just do not to be need to be dealing with all of that. Good for Sophia Grace for being 19 and doing so, though. You know who else has not had enough time for their kids? Nick motherfucking Cannon. Because guess what, you guys? This seems like a recurring topic here. But that's just because it's so fucking outrageous. A series of unfortunate events. Nick Cannon is having his 12th kid. 12! Cheaper by the dozen. Can you fucking believe that? It just keeps going up. You think it would stop, but it doesn't. It's going up faster than the gas prices, faster than inflation, Nick Cannon. Inflation is due to Nick Cannon causing overpopulation. Not even old like kingdom leaders back in the fucking day when people were trying to populate the earth were having this many damn kids. We thought nine was a lot, now 12? He knows something we don't. Take his sperm into a lab to cure infertility. He is preparing some kind of regime for himself. I feel like Nick Cannon is one step ahead of us at this point. It's almost to the point of... He knows what he... Like, he knows unsafe sex could result in a pregnancy. It's to the point of suspicion to me. Why is he having so many goddamn kids? Nick could get a man pregnant. He's addicted. It's a simple concept to grasp. Wear a fucking condom. Men are so controlled by their dick. This can happen to him 11 times and he'll still do it again. People are going to roast the fuck out of him on a while now. I need to start watching that just for all the jokes because they'll be hilarious. Planned Parenthood should literally use him as a cautionary tale for unexpected pregnancy. What confuses me though is he's having another baby with... Hold, hold on, hold on. I forgot her name. It's, it's one of the women he already, he already has a baby with. And there's multiple women that he has already had a child with. This is, I believe, the third one. Him and Alyssa Scott are welcoming their second child together. So, like, is he single? Is he taken or what? Are, is, is he just hopping around between baby mama to baby mama? Are they Mormon? Are they just all hooking up with him at the same time? He going from house to house? How does he keep getting women that he already has kids with? pregnant are the mamas just okay with that are they in on it something's going on with them but anyway i just really think he can't be a dad to 12 kids with eight moms not even santa can see that many kids in one day and this is like financial suicide i know nick is super fucking rich but is he really that rich you've heard horror stories about professional sports players or celebrities who have all these kids and then you think they're gonna have money for life and generational wealth and then they don't because they've put too much financial stress on themselves I think Nick is making really unfortunate moves in his life. 
I it's hard. I mean, I feel bad saying that because like obviously like the gift of life. That's amazing. I'm so happy for the mothers that they're having babies. But for Nick, it seems irresponsible. So I guess congratulations. But bruh. Okay, so you know on Pop Culture University, we have lately been enjoying doing follow-ups to some of the past topics that we've talked about that have gotten some closure, and we've really got the full story now. Something that we just so recently talked about is Taylor Swift's new music video for Antihero, and the fact that everyone is calling her fat-phobic, as if Taylor has a fat-phobic bone in her body. So, if you have not seen the music video, or just do not know, Briefly, I will say, there was a scene in the clip for her lead single video where it's all about, the song is all about things she does not like about herself, shames that she has, self-loathing, anxieties about herself. And one of that is she doesn't like the fact that she has an ED, an eating disorder, and a bad relationship with her body. She's very hard on herself. She's constantly chasing being thin because she thinks that's the societal standard. She's not condoning that behavior. It's just a mindset that she's stuck in. And there's a scene where she steps on a scale and instead of getting her weight in pounds, it just says the word fat. And then another tailor in the video is looking at the tailor on the scale with a judgmental gaze saying like, oh, you're not good enough. You should lose weight. People took that scene as just cannon fodder to attack Taylor for being problematic, contributing to fat phobia, pushing back the body acceptance movement. And they were very, very mad. Hey Taylor Swift, what the fuck, dude? Being fat is not a bad thing. And in five seconds of your music video, you have successfully reinforced the idea that it is. But that does not give her permission to perpetuate a really harmful fucking narrative. Hear me out though. Do I really need, do I need to spell it out? Do I need to spell out why that's a problem? But in Taylor Swift's new music video, she has an imagery that directly contributes to anti-fatness. Taylor Swift thinks being fat is a bad thing. So as you can see, people were very outraged. In my opinion, I thought she was fine. I thought what Taylor represents is something very real that we're all going through right now, that we want to do body acceptance and be in that progressive mindset, but it's easier said than done. We kind of all grew up in this world where we've all been indoctrinated to have internal fat phobia and pretending that that problem isn't there doesn't mean that it is not there. So I don't think we should have came for her or tried to silence her i think we should have helped her through that struggle and made videos and social media posts supporting her rather than screaming at her like that but silencing her is exactly what people did because taylor deleted that scene from her video on all platforms it is completely cut out like it never happened she deleted it on youtube itunes apple music it's gone and to me that is just a part partly like mutilation to her art Because that scene may be gone, but guess what isn't gone? Her real fucking problem. Taylor Swift was brave enough to present the struggle she's going through in such a kind, soft, and respectful way. And people still found a reason to just 
blatantly attack her and shut her down because it didn't go with the perfect agenda that they had in their head. And I guess not offending certain groups of people, in this case, the plus size community, is more important than discussing eating disorders and helping people through that. Here are just some headlines on magazine covers that you can see at the store that were about Taylor in about 2017 when she put on like 5 to 10 pounds. This is a photo that says... She packs on 37 pounds. Don't call me fat. There's a strict diet she can't keep. This one says, fat cat. Taylor Swift's twiggy frame is is little more than a memory as a pudgy pop star turns 30. Taylor Swift is four months pregnant. She's pregnant. Who's the dad? She'd raise this baby alone if she had to. <laughs> what the fuck? Taylor is still fat and destroying herself with alcohol. And there's a photo of her compared to 2015 to 2018. No fucking duh. She has internal fat phobia. Imagine going through all that, being fat shamed your whole life and being skinny and then having the fear of getting weight that is very real. And then people just scream at you and say, you're you're not allowed to feel like that and you're not allowed to present it. And the fact that Taylor actually listened to that, because Taylor gets very hypercritical of what people say about her and she listens and she sees. I know she's scrolling on her phone and she saw all of that. And if you were one of the people who told that to her, I'm very upset that she then had to feel like she was doing something wrong and she's almost being gaslit into thinking that what she is sharing is wrong. People are so focused on not being offended or saying something to be canceled that they don't care about reality. They just live in this world where they think problematic thoughts of any kind can't be innocent. You know, we all have problematic thoughts about something that don't necessarily come from a bad place and people just don't get that these days. It's so black and white. It's very short-sighted. They don't think the problem of not growing up in a progressive world can still traumatize people, especially if Taylor's 32, and give them these beliefs. There's People are just so high in cancel culture and throwing a fit when something doesn't match their agenda that they'll jump on you and say you're a bad person and think it's fact just because other cancel culture vultures and Twitter soldiers are behind them. So I hope you guys are happy. Taylor can go and handle her ED in private, in silence now. Because no one wanted to hear about it and recover slower. Bitches. I challenge y'all to not even think about canceling someone who's expressing even a slightly not politically correct thought if they have good intentions from now on. Do not jump to canceling first. Anyway, next thing I want to talk about is Lily Reinhart and why she does not think she will be invited back to the Met Gala this year. So she's in Riverdale, if you didn't know. For some reason, she dated Dylan Sprouse. I do not find the Sprouse brothers cute. I'm sorry. They are like trying to be Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not working for them. They do not look good. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not a I'm not a stan of them. But at the same time, I get why people think they're cute. Anyway, Lily was talking to an outlet and she said the Mecca was fun this year. But after going again this year, I don't think I'll be invited back. I said a certain something about a certain person in a certain dress. And we all know who that is. Lily Reinhart went off on Kim Kardashian for allegedly promoting EDs and trigger warning anorexia for losing 16 pounds in three weeks to be Marilyn Monroe in the iconic happy birthday John F. Kennedy dress that she wore the year she died. So Kim was very excited to wear that dress so much so that she undoubtedly starved herself. You don't lose 16 pounds in three weeks by not doing that. That's a fact. You can't nourish your body by eating that few of calories. So I do understand where Lily's coming from. 
Lily went on a rant of sorts on Instagram that night, the Met Gala 2022, and said, to walk on a red carpet and do an interview where you say how starving you are because you haven't eaten carbs in the last month, all to fit in a fucking dress, so wrong, so fucked up on a hundred levels. And she basically said, don't invite me back next year if people are going to do this. Now she thinks she will not be walking those steps on the first Monday of May next year. Now, Kim, let me just say why I don't agree with Lily, and I don't think she should have ever went off on Kim Kardashian. I'm taking Kim's side on this. I think what she did is fine. Kim said that this is how she lost weight. I would wear a sauna suit twice a day, run on the treadmill, completely cut out all sugar and all carbs, and just eat the cleanest veggies and protein. That's great. I'm sure she did do all of that, but she probably wasn't eating a lot of veggies and protein. Do I think Kim starved herself? Yes. Do I think she is problematic and an awful person for doing that? No. I don't think she was promoting that at all. She made it very clear that it was a challenge for her. It was extremely hard. It wasn't natural. And she was excited to get back to her normal eating after that. And she was not promoting it to the slightest on that carpet. She was just saying what she did to give the world this moment and serve the best Met Gala look that she possibly could. And honestly, that's a part of her job. So I don't blame her for that. Her job is a pop culture icon putting together these moments that people will talk about, aka wearing the Maryland dress. The year before she had a black sheet over her face and people wouldn't shut up about that. And moments like that, PR fuels the Kardashian fire. They're not famous for dropping new songs, dropping new movies. They're famous for dropping new headlines about themselves. So she kind of has to do that. And all models do that. Kim in one sense is a model. Models have to restrict themselves from eating. It's just a fact. Let's not pretend like Victoria's Secret models don't do that. A lot of them have come out and said that they do. So she is not saying this is normal. I don't know why Lily or anyone is comparing that situation or any celebrities to our normal lives, our day-to-day lives. This is crazy for me to say, but don't look to celebrities for how you live your day-to-day every single day because not everything can be applied to both. No, like no normal person would have to lose 16 pounds in three weeks if it wasn't for some major, major job like Kim was doing. And why doesn't, why don't people like Lily Reinhardt go off on boys who wrestle and have to starve themselves if you were in high school at a public school in america you definitely saw a boy walking around with only a little bag of carrots for the day because that's all they were allowed to eat because they had to be in a lower weight class people were starving their asses off for wrestling or other sports or whatever male actors starve themselves for roles female actors have to it's not because they are promoting it it's because it's for their job or for their sport and it's for a purpose. It's not like a normal day-to-day thing. So I don't think Lily should go next year if she's not going to understand that. And I think it'll be fine without her. But I think Lily should take that activism for healthy eating and healthy eating patterns and put it to good use. Don't just say that about Kim K. I think it's totally not applicable. Next thing I want to talk about, James Corden. This is also very recent. So James actually went on his show because when you're a late night host, you're in the public eye every single night and you're commenting on all these other celebrity headlines. So when you're a celebrity in the headlines, you can't ignore it because people know you read them. People know you know every single thing that's going on and they're watching you like a hawk when something bad happens to you and waiting for you to apologize it in your opening monologue. And that is exactly what he did. All the late night Jimmys have been there (laughs) before in their life. Isn't it weird that James Corden could literally be called Jimmy if he just decided to? Because James, like Jimmy, both my, my my brother and my dad are 
James, but my brother goes by Jimmy. But there could have been three late night Jimmys. That would have been weird. But anyway, I don't know if you guys remember, but James Corden was 86th from a New York restaurant, which means he was kicked out and permanently banned. He was never allowed to go back ever again because the owner of the restaurant said, quote, he was the most abusive customer to my Balthazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. And then he cited two incidences where James Corden was reportedly rude and nasty to all the servers and called him a tiny critten of a man, which means an absurdly stupid man. <laughs> if someone before today called me a critten, I'd be like, oh, thank you, because I didn't know what that meant. But now I fucking know. So James at first tried to say it never happened. Like his first press release after it was trying to gaslight the restaurant. <laughs> He's a professional gaslighter, just like all straight white men are. Yes, James Corden straight. He has a wife and kids. No one knows that. I was telling that to, to people this week and they were like, what? I was like telling the story. They were like, whoa, 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 back up. He's straight, y'all. He, he has a wife, all that. Allegedly straight. He's a gaslighter, tried to say that never happened, blah, blah, blah. And then he, the next day after no one would believe him, he came out and apologized. And this is what he said. In the heat of the moment, I made a sarcastic, rude comment about cooking the food myself. And it is a comment I deeply regret. I understand the difficulties of being a server. I worked shifts at restaurants for years. I have such respect and I value anyone that does such a job. That's very interesting to me that he just said he made a rude comment because the Balthazar wait staff said it was much worse maybe he's trying to downplay it it seems like he is not trying to take full responsibility and then he says as i said to the owner that day if i've ever upset anybody it was never my intention it just wasn't and i love that restaurant i love the staff there and i hope i'm allowed in again one day so when i'm back in new york i can go there and apologize in person which is something i will absolutely do he's a boomer i don't know if you guys have any boomers in your life maybe parents grandparents aunts uncles boomers just do that shit Boomers think it's cool to verbally abuse waiters. They like warm up before they go out to eat to do so. They practice glares in the mirror. They practice threats. They call ahead of time and ask what the waiters are insecure about so they can throw it in their faces. That's what boomers do. It's almost this unspoken like seal of approval that boomers do to each other to signal that they're cool or something. Anyway, here's the video of James apologizing on his show for his boomer behaviors. Look, when you make a mistake, you've got to take responsibility. So I thought I would... If it's okay, I would share with you what happened. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in New York with some friends and we went for breakfast at one of my absolute favorite restaurants. It's a place called Balthazar and I genuinely, I love it there. I love the food, the vibe, the service. If I lived in New York, I'd go every day on the proviso that, you know, they would let me in. So we sit down, we ordered, and my wife explained uh, that, that she has a, a serious food allergy, right? So when everybody's meals came, my wife was given the food that she was allergic to. But no, she hadn't taken a bite of it or anything. No worries, we sent it back, all was good. As her meal came wrong to the table the third time, in the heat of the moment, I made, I made a sarcastic, rude comment, right, about cooking it myself. And it is a comment I deeply regret like i understand the difficulties of being a server i work shifts at restaurants for years i have i have such respect and i value anyone that does such a job and the team at that restaurant are so great that's why i love it there 
The restaurant manager and the server, they were lovely. They were lovely. They brought out four glasses of champagne as an apology. But we were like, that's not necessary. We don't need it. We'd had a great time. Even for me, it was too early to start drinking. So... <laughs> but here's the truth of it, right? Because I didn't... Because I didn't shout or scream, like, I didn't get up out of my seat, I didn't call anyone names or use derogatory language, I've been walking around thinking that I hadn't done anything wrong, right? But the truth is, like I have, I made a rude, co rude comment, and it was wrong. It was, it was an unnecessary comment. It was ungracious to the server. I do appreciate his apology. It seemed like he was really kind of figuratively on his knees asking for forgiveness because he knew what he said was not okay. He is disappointed in himself, and I respect that he can let his ego down and apologize. Maybe he's just doing it because he got caught. But even if he did not just do it because he got caught, I think what we can learn is that we are all not innocent. Don't act like you have not done anything that would warrant an apology for in your life or let your bad mood get the best of you and say something rude. Um, like, don't act like you too have said something rude or me as well that if we saw someone else saying that we would cringe at and be like damn like that person's an asshole we can learn that we are all not innocent and knowing when you did fuck up and you did let something get the best of you it is cool and super super sexy not embarrassing to apologize and it can be kind of awkward and you don't want to but apologies aren't meant to change the past they're meant to change your future we all do something, things we're not proud of and we can't change that, but we can change looking forward. I also think it's important to apologize quickly and not be stubborn about it because when you realize you make a mistake, you should make amends immediately. It's easier to fix a problem when it's still fresh to show the other person that you value your relationship with them more than your ego. Do you know what I always think? I think that canceled insurance should be a thing. Like how some celebrities insure their ass or you know, your house, if anything happens to it, you'll get some money back. You should be able to insure your career in case you get canceled. You get some kind of sum, some kind of lump of money. Um, I'm going to go into that business and I'm going to scam all these celebrities. I'm not kidding. Not, no, it's not even a scam. It's real. Girl, do you need canceled insurance? I'm sure James Charles would have loved cancel insurance. I'm sure Charlie Sheen would have loved cancel insurance. The baby would have loved canceled insurance. Oh my god, I need to start selling that. Canceled insurance company run by Petty Pop Culture. baby's flopping over here the house. He His album sales are trash. And it's because he got canceled. Shane Dawson would have loved it. Laura Lee would have loved it. That's a whole ass business. Someone should make that before I do. Someone who I'm sure would make that just to make some more billions is Elon Musk. And we're going to do a little follow-up on Elon Musk and Twitter. So we all, we, we, we all knew about his desired plan to buy twitter for 44 billion dollars and apparently him and the company were set on it it was all ready to go and twitter was ready to have a new daddy but twitter and elon couldn't come to an agreement apparently forbes said after initially agreeing to buy the company in april musk spent months attempting to get out of the deal first citing concerns about the number of bots on the platform and later allegations raised by a company whistleblower and then when musk didn't want to buy it um, Twitter threatened to take him to court for going back on his part of the deal and all that. So there was a huge mess, but he has finally bought Twitter and it is official. Twitter is his. And to celebrate, he tweeted, the bird is free. 
He let the birds out of the cage. He let the cage bird sing. People are very scared about him taking over Twitter. Me included. You know why? Because he wants to bring back (laughs) free speech on Twitter. And by that, I mean unnecessary, absolute hate speech and spreading of false information that leads to dangerous activities and regimes on Twitter. He wants to bring that back and he's very problematic himself. So I don't think this is a welcoming thing. I think this is actually quite upsetting and many news outlets has already said he is going to do that immediately. And now that Twitter is his, I think Donald Trump, Andrew Tate, Kanye West could all be back on Twitter within the next two weeks. If you think shit is bad now, imagine the hell we could be going through on social media in two weeks when all three of those people are back. That is like three just krakens from hell coming out of the ocean and three Godzillas stomping on us. That is actually awful. And did you hear that Ye and Andrew Tate apparently have some sort of collaboration coming out? They wouldn't say what it was. Is it on OnlyFans? Like, is it some incel in training course? We don't know. But it is going to get dark and bad. And guess what? Now that Elon has taken over the kingdom, he is already being a tyrant. And he has fired seven people from Twitter. And not just like normal ass employees. He fired two CEOs, the CFO, and other important people. The CEO, Agrawal. That's his name, Agrawal. And then the chief financial officer, Ned Siegel. And he had both of them escorted out of the building by security this morning. Damn. That's like some real ass shit. That's when like you get foreclosed on and you get yeeted out of your house. Imagine just working and then Elon, Elon Musk comes in and yeets you from your chair and throws you out the building. That's like D-Day for these people. That's like seeing a like dust storm on the horizon you just get completely taken over wow so many people not just them many important twitter employees that were running it for now were all escorted out of the building today so it looks like a lot of things are up in the air for twitter about what it's going to come of maybe we'll all have to go to truth social who fucking knows but they were all paid out everyone who got fired between 10 million and 40 million dollars so honestly if I don't have to be on that shit show with Elon and I can just go home and never work again, bye. See you later. Have fun causing anarchy on Twitter, y'all. And that's it for the updates. Ooh! Did you guys like the new Rihanna song? I just listened to it. It's so weird saying that. Oh my God, the new Rihanna song after six fucking years. I was kind of reluctant to like it at first. You know, like I hit play and I was kind of giving that pouty face like, what is this bitch going to give to us after six years? She better make it good after not caring about us and just wanting our money after all this time. Kind of being a little bitchy. And then she starts singing. I was like, oh, I felt so many. I was like, this is the best song I've ever heard in my life. It's so good. Her voice sounds aged like fine wine. Like she was keeping that voice in a perfectly incubated little womb of hers. And it sounded amazing. It was simple but so powerful at the same time. And I'm so happy she's back. She's like, all right, y'all can deal with that. I'm going to go put out two more businesses and then I'll drop another song. I hope this reignites some love for your music, but I don't know. We'll see.
I feel bad that we keep talking about Kanye West. I was thinking, like, damn, the class deserves something better than learning about the same shit every fucking day. But how can we not? It's the man that every single person in the world is talking about right now. So I'm sorry. Just bear with me. I'm sure he will be silenced sometime soon. I don't know. But for now, this is what is going on in, like, the whole world of pop culture with Kanye West. We we know it's bad when Kanye... He's already gotten so much attention before, so he needs to one-up himself every single time if he keeps wanting this attention. So, of course, we know it's going to be crazy. And he one-upped himself again, this time showing his love for, I think, the literal worst human, the single worst human in the planet's history that he said he loves and has an obsession with. And it seems like almost wants to be him. Kanye West has now been exposed for having a love for Hitler. And I'm not fucking kidding. I'm not joking in the slightest. A business executive who worked with Kanye West told CNN that Kanye created a hostile work environment in part because of his obsession with Hitler. And this all makes very much sense going along with his, I'm going to go death con three on the Jewish people and hating Jewish businessmen and causing anti-Semitism all over America, all on social media. It's actually really scary. And I see the fear in Jewish people online as it keeps going. So Kanye West needs to get off social media and just needs to calm down for a second. And now that Elon's going to have Twitter, it's like, damn, this shit isn't going to slow down anytime soon. But this man who worked for Kanye said he would praise Hitler by saying how incredible it was that he was able to accumulate so much power and would talk about all the great things he and the Nazi party achieved for the German people. Achieved? What? Girl, they did not achieve anything. What the fuck? In fucking saying that he would even use the word achieved in that situation. They continued and said, the executive told CNN that Kanye spoke openly about reading Mein Kampf, which is Hitler's 1925 autobiography manifesto, and expressed his admiration for the Nazis and Hitler for their use of propaganda to like spread their message as if Kanye wants to do the same thing to spread a certain message on his mind, which we know is going death count three on the Jewish people. So it's almost like he literally wants to be Hitler and spreading propaganda like his white lives matter jacket. Girl, it's getting to an extremely scary level. Like why isn't this man at least in a conservatorship? It's getting to the someone tie him down sort of level. And Kanye literally said that he originally suggested that the title for his 2018 album that he just titled Yay. He suggested apparently that the title should be Hitler. And I guess those two are synonyms. Now, he may as well just named it Hitler. It could have been some foreshadowing for what was to come does he think this is funny does he think this is cute i think anyone with even the equivalent to a fifth grade's intelligence would know that you do not say something like that just for attention or because you think it's funny so it scares me that he actually thinks all these things picture kanye west actually thinking like that and actually carrying through with his obsession with hitler Someone named Van Lathan Jr., a former TMZ employee, 
said that he worked with Kanye West a few times when Kanye would come into TMZ and he knew that his obsession for Hitler was inside of him years ago because when he came to TMZ, he said all of that stuff and he said it in interviews on camera, but they had to take it out of the interview because they didn't want their whole day of work interviewing him to be taken offline because they knew that you can't say shit like that. But he would say things in these old interviews like, I love Hitler, I love Nazis, something to that effect when he was there and they took it out of the interview for whatever reason, but it wasn't Van Laffen's decision. So all these people are co-signing the truth that Kanye West really does have this obsession with a man who's responsible for millions of people's death. And you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, I don't like when people think that I don't like Kanye ever since that I started that rumor about him with Jeffrey. But I was trying to give Kanye a chance, but now I can't at all. I don't even want to give him a platform anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if I never spoke about him again because this is so scary and just hate. Before I get to what Kanye has to say about this, more companies are saying that they will never work with him again. And this time, Adidas stopped working with him, even though Kanye thinks that there was no way in the world Adidas would stop working with him because Adidas would lose hundreds of millions if they did. And that's what happened. They lost hundreds of millions, but they, even for that much, wouldn't work with him. Then after Adidas broke up with him, Kanye literally went to the Skechers headquarters in L.A., Skechers is another shoe company because he wanted to put out his Yeezy shoe line that everyone knows, you know, I guess the image of Yeezy is iconic, but he showed up there unannounced and uninvited with a film crew. God knows what he's fucking filming and you're going to try to put out somewhere. But he came with a film crew to try to make a deal with Skechers as if anyone would just work with him because of his name. And he was escorted out by security. Yes, that really fucking happened. And you know why? Because Skechers is owned and operated by a Jewish family. That shows how little Kanye West thinks these things out. Fucking insane. And as we talked about before, he has his Donda Academy. Guess what? It closed after he almost forced his kids to go there and ruined his relationship with his family even more by harassing him on social media to bully her into sending them to Donda Academy. An email sent by the principal to parents said that at the discretion of our founder, Donda Academy will close for the remainder of the 2022-2023 school year effective immediately. And do you guys know what the Donda tagline was at the university? Join the mission to provide the youth with the passion, purpose, and spiritual foundations they need to thrive in tomorrow's world. I think I know what's going on. I see how this is going to go. Donda Academy was his way to become like a new cult leader and indoctrinate a bunch of these young individuals. And thank God he was shut down. I could literally see it as his way of becoming some kind of cult leader of who knows what kind of hateful ass army. Then Kanye West, he apparently has access to his Instagram right now. I'm not sure why he does, but he posted yesterday after he lost all these companies, all his, you know, um, worth in them, all these millions of dollars for each one that he lost. He tweeted or he posted on Instagram. I lost $2 billion in one day. I'm still alive. This is love speech. I still love you. God still loves you. The money is not who I am. The people is who I am. Girl, this isn't love speech. You can't say I'm going to go death con in someone and have it be love speech. So Kanye West is completely going downhill like he never ever has been before in his life. And it must be a tough realization for him that even with his fame and his money, people or 
even to the loyal fans who have this relationship to him, who want to stick by him, none of that is enough for people to still want to work with him. And even with all of that, he will not get whatever he wants. And hopefully this is the first time that he's realizing that. But honestly, at this point, I don't think he will. I think he is mentally ill and I do feel for him in that aspect, but I don't think it's an excuse to do everything that he's doing, but he's going to try to use it as that. I think his biggest illness is narcissism and the need for power and to be admired and followed. And he's getting exactly what he deserves. Okay, well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today, class. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. Thank you for always riding with me. I love everyone who I DM now. I DM so many of you. And I just love talking to you guys. And I know all you guys are bad bitches. And I'm literally so confident in each and every one of you. Everyone who DMs me just seems like the best person in the whole world. And I would never change anything about any of you. And if you have some plans this weekend, if you're doing something, I just want to remind you to just show up as who you are right now. As everything that you're feeling inside and all of the light and joy that you have to bring to other people's life just by being the person that you simply are show up as that you don't not need to change a single thing show up to whatever event you're going to have confidence look proud to be who you are look at people in the eye and don't break a sweat at all don't let them intimidate you don't let them get to you just show up wherever you're going and be yourself and do your thing. If you have some plans that you're on the fence about because maybe you got some social anxiety or you're a little bit nervous about it, just know the people at that event would be so lucky for you to come. And you just, even being in the same room with them would be a blessing to them. They want you to go more than you think and I think you will not regret going. So if you have some plans that you're on the fence about, I encourage you to go because you have everything it takes within you to have the best time in the whole world. And there's no part about you that you should be ashamed to go out and show off. And I truly believe that. So just go out there, give them hell. And I will see you guys on Tuesday. Have an amazing Halloween weekend. And if something crazy or scandalous happens, that's just more for the plot. That's just more for your memoir one day. And it'll all be worth it. Until next time, rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram store and tag me i'll hit you up in your dms and until tuesday i love you bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.